Good morning, Chapel Hill. If you do not have a Bible with you this morning, you're going to need one. We've got a couple of passages we're going to look at, and they are going to be very encouraging. So I'm glad you're here this morning and took some time on this long weekend to be here. Uh, God's going to encourage you this morning, I guarantee it. Guarantee it. So if you do not have a Bible with you this morning, just go ahead and put your hand up. And our ushers have got some that they're bringing around right now. And if you're receiving one of those Bibles and you currently do not have a Bible of your own, please keep the one that you receive and take it with you. Uh, There is so much there for you. All right, I have a question for you to start things off. What do the following things have in common? What do the following things have in common? Social media, the American dream, U.S. citizenship, yoga, fashion trends, contemporary dancing, tucked-in shirts, and CMA award show viewing parties. (laughs) That was a good guess. Things you don't do. Absolutely correct. These are all places where I don't belong. That's what those things have in common. These are places where I find myself on the outside looking in, or well, probably not even looking in, but definitely on the outside. I don't belong in any of those places, and that, that is a feeling that we don't like, do we? We don't like that feeling, and our displeasure with that feeling and our experience of that feeling seems to be growing at an alarming rate. We hate feeling like we've been left out. None of us is comfortable with that terrible feeling of not belonging, so let's talk for a few minutes this morning about belonging, belonging. We've been looking all summer at the concept of deconstructing our pursuits and our priorities and our values and setting them up against God's perspective on these things and then reconstructing them to align with what he says and with what he shows us. And I want to do a bit of that this morning with the value of belonging. I think we may have gotten off track with this value and how we fulfill it as a need. We do need to belong. This is yet another characteristic of who we are. We were born wired with a need to belong. God put this in us. He created us with a need to belong. And on the surface, it can be um, very hard to believe that we were created needy. I don't want to be seen as needy. I work hard to take care of my own needs and the needs of my family And I'm fine if someone needs me, but I have a hard time admitting that I need someone else. I think most of us can relate to that. Our culture tells us that we can do it, that we're to look after ourselves. And to a degree, I certainly agree with that. Being needy does not mean that we get a free ride. I don't want to be known as a man who works hard, who serves well and takes care of his family and his church and his community. But there are areas in which we must admit our need, and belonging is one of those areas. We need to belong. We need to belong because God created us to belong to more than just ourselves. We were not created for isolation. We were not created for independence. We were not created to be alone. 
God has never been alone. He's always existed in relational community where he belongs. And so in creating us in his image, God created us to belong. And within that context, like many other ways in which he's created us with needs, he has already provided a solution, a resource to meet that need. And he invites us to come to him with this need that we have to belong. So let's talk about that longing in us, that need that we have. The, the need displays itself as a desire. The desire turns into a pursuit, a priority, a value for us. We want to belong, which means that we want to, we want to be valued. We want to know that we have some degree of worth as human beings. We want to know that others see us as an asset in their lives. We want to know that our presence in this world matters. That's part of belonging. This was a significant void for me for a good chunk of my adolescent and young adult years. I didn't think that I was valued. We want to be supported. We want to know that if we face a challenge or if we get tripped up by life and we lose strength or we even fall, there will be someone there to pick us up or keep us from feeling the full effect of our fall. We want to know that there's someone there to share our burdens and carry our load when we can't. We want to be supported. We want to be contributors. If we have worth, which we do, we want to be part of a community where we can contribute to the overall good of that community. We want to see and experience what it is to be appreciated for contributing to the needs of more than just ourselves. We want to be contributors. We want to be confident. Confidence is often found in situations where we are not alone. Isolation drains us of our confidence. Isolation breeds timidity, but belonging gives us that security in numbers, in others, in, being, in belonging that we're looking for. We want to be confident. We want to be understood. How many times have your words let you down? How many times have you been misunderstood simply because there was no relationship to provide context for what you were trying to communicate? Other people can read our body language if they know us. They may know the factors behind the scenes that contributed to what we said. The understanding of others brings us so much clarity. It brings so much clarity to our communication. We want to be understood. We want to be heard. Let's back up to that. Never mind the understanding. Sometimes we just want a voice a voice needs ears to hear it. We want to know that there are ears around us that will hear what we have to say. Our voice matters, but we stop believing that when we see that no one is listening to us. And look at the historical problems that have hit us because someone or even a group of people was not being heard. We want to be heard. We want to be accepted. I think this is a strange one. If we're so self-sufficient and fiercely independent, then why do we want so badly to be accepted? 
Why is it that generations of rebels claiming that they don't need society to accept them have adopted standard gear to make them feel accepted by the other people who don't care if they've been accepted or not? We can't escape this. We want to be accepted. We want to be connected. We can picture ourselves as, as bits of wire, if that helps you. Wire is just a bit of scrap metal and plastic. If it's not connected to something, we want to know that there's something flowing into our lives because we're connected to that source of input, and we want to know that there is something flowing into someone else through us because we're connected. We want to be connected. We don't want to be alone. Some of us want to be alone at least some of the time, and that's not what I'm talking about. But we don't want to be alone. Um, the show Alone was recommended to me by somebody here. It's a contest where people are dropped into the wilderness alone to see who lasts the longest. They're doing it, they're doing it to win half a million dollars. And so I feel that that gives me permission to laugh out loud when another one of them cracks from having been alone for so long. They can't handle it, and here's some encouragement. God agrees with me in this. It was God who first declared that it is not good for us to be alone. We don't want to be vulnerable. No one feels safe on their own. If someone attacks you, even verbally or emotionally, and you have no community to back you up and help you make sense of what you just experienced, that wound has more impact than it would have if you were not alone. Our enemies succeed, much like a pack of hyenas, when they have their prey isolated and vulnerable. We don't want to be vulnerable. We don't want to be afraid. How many times have you seen the power of these words? Don't be afraid, you're not alone. Fear escalates when we're on our own. There is an emotional and mental version of being alone in a dark alley. Isolation breeds fear and we don't want to be afraid. Ultimately, we don't want to be on the outside. We want to belong. The grass looks greener on the other side. That was just a saying when I was a kid, or so I thought. Um, but our culture had begun down the slippery slope of living by comparison at that point. And now look at us. Well, a message on belonging wouldn't be complete these days without mentioning FOMO, the fear of missing out. This is a fear that has grown at lightning speed over the last several decades, but particularly fast since the introduction of the cell phone and social media, and now it tears people apart. FOMO's based on the fear that something's going on in someone else's world that we may not be a part of. It may be an event that involves people that I know, but not me. It may be simply an event in someone else's life that no one but them or their family are involved in, but it's not something I'm doing in my life, so I feel bad for missing out. 
It may be a trend. It may be a particular item that people have that I don't. It could be all kinds of things, big or small. But the principle is that I am missing out by not having, been, by not having or being involved in whatever is there in someone else's life. So I feel fear that I've been left out or I've missed out. And that makes me feel inferior in some way. Or I may look negatively at myself for having missed out. Whatever it is, I don't belong. I don't have that thing. I'm not having that experience. I saw on social media that the McVitie's went to Wendy's for lunch, and I was not part of that. And gee, I wish I went to, the, to Wendy's with them. They look like they're having such a great time. I wish I was at Wendy's right now. I wish I was with the McVitie's right now. I wish I was a McVitie right now. I want to belong with the McVitie's. Happens all the time. (laughs) And while I might make light of this, please know that I know personally what it's like to feel that pain of not belonging. It's one of the many reasons why I don't do social media anymore. I've experienced the feelings that come with not belonging my whole life. It hurts. And if we don't address this pain, it'll consume us. Not just from a social media perspective, but in all areas of our lives. We want to belong. And that desire, when pursued down the wrong avenues, brings a world of hurt. So before we go any further, let's look at what we do have, not what we're missing. I want us to acknowledge and embrace some essential truth about us this morning. We have been given a tremendous privilege as sons and daughters of God that was given to us by our Father. And he wants us to see it, accept it, and live by it, especially as he sees what's becoming of this world lost in its quest for belonging. The question of whether or not we belong has been answered for us. When God reached out in love through his son Jesus, he made a statement to the whole world. God said, you're mine. I have purchased you, ransomed you, and released you from the weight of the curse that you live under. I am inviting you to take your place at my table under my roof as part of my family. He did this. God did this for us, and that's what, that, what is at the root of belonging anyways, isn't it? Someone has to open a door for us to belong. We don't get to declare that ourselves. We can, but that doesn't get us much farther than just a good feeling for a little while. I want to belong in this country. But belonging here doesn't mean that I get to declare it and it's done. I could easily convince myself that I do belong here. After all, I've been a resident of this country for 25 years now. If I say I really feel like I belong here, doesn't that mean that I belong? Sure, until I attempt to cross the border. And then I'm reminded of the fact that I do not belong here. God says that we belong He sent his son to make that happen. He gave us the freedom to accept or reject this offer, but he made the offer. The 
the offer and the authority to declare the truth about our belonging is his and his alone. It's God's authority. And if we accept that offer, here's what we, re- we receive. And this is incredible. Turn to Romans chapter 8 for our first look. Romans 8. This is what Paul teaches the church about belonging. He's writing to the church to open their eyes about the beauty of belonging. And in Romans 8... Verses 12 through 17, this is what Paul writes. Remember this? This goes back to our study of Romans 8 a while back. Romans 8, 12 to 17. Paul writes this. So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirits that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Now Paul even addresses our fear here, doesn't he? Maybe FOMO is not a new thing. Paul points out that we don't owe our flesh anything. What I think he's saying is that we were born with a desire that is based in the temporary needs of our temporary bodies. But pursuing and meeting those needs on our own only leads to death. So what could we possibly owe something that's going to lead us to death? Listen, I don't owe anything to the tilt-a-whirl ride at Valley Fair. All that ride does for me is make me want to puke. Why would I be in debt to the tilt-a-whirl? I'm not. I'm not in debt to my flesh and its desires either. That only leads me to death. But God's spirit leads me to life, and that's who I feel indebted to. God's spirit leads me to belong. God's spirit leads me to my place in my eternal family, in God's family. God's spirit leads me out of the fear that I have of not belonging because my flesh can't satisfy that need for me to a place where I am at peace, living as a son of the creator of the universe, a brother of the only one who could save me, Jesus Christ. And in this place of belonging, I get what Jesus gets. You think Jesus feels like he belongs in God's family? Of course he does. And God adopted me. And as an adopted father myself, I get to see just a small scale model of what God has done for me. My three sons, not the ones in the 1950s television show, Provide me, only the older people here will get that. (laughs) Provide me with a picture of this every day. Are they my sons? Of course they are. God's spirit brought our family together and we have an opportunity daily to remind them that they belong. God reminds us daily, if we're listening, that we belong. And we have to listen. 
God's not posting things daily that we're not a part of, that we're looking in on from the outside. He shows us through his spirit that we belong. That's ours. Okay, up on the screen, and don't take pictures of this. I think that's illegal. (laughs) Up on the screen is a picture of my green card. Back in June, I went through the process of renewing that card. It lasts for 10 years. I'm on my third one now since living in this country on a student visa many years ago. And the process of getting and renewing this little card has pushed me to the edge of a nervous breakdown more than once. So this time, I printed out the application form, and I looked it over. And being the technology coward that I am, I had decided I would pass on the new online application. And I'd fill one out in in paper and mail it in. Problem. My fear kept me from getting it done. I had an enormous amount of fear that they would find some technicality that I wasn't aware of and I'd be kicked out of the country. I live with that fear constantly. Now I was stuck doing the online version. But in 10 minutes it was done. And I had paid my $540 application fee and submitted it. And very soon after that, like a week maybe, I got a letter in the mail letting me know that my file was open and that they're working on it. And they were also keeping me up to date on my online account so I could see it digitally as well. Just a few days after that, I got a letter stating that I had an opportunity, an appointment, to get my fingerprints, my photo, and my signature done. And the appointment happened to be on my day off. And away I went with my family, in case this was the last time they'd ever see me. (laughs) I got to my appointment 15 minutes early. And five minutes later, I walked out with a one-year extension attached to my card and some affirmation that I could travel with this freely. And that was a big deal because the Puerto Rico trip was coming up very soon. And a week later, my new card arrived in the mail. I want you to do something with me this morning. I want you to read this verse out loud with me. Okay? Ready? So then... You are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Does that mean anything to you? That means the world to me. That, brothers and sisters, is a declaration from God through Paul that we belong Not to this world, but to God's family. And this world is soon to be our inheritance. The feeling that I had when I opened that envelope and saw my new 10-year alien resident card cannot be in any way compared to the beauty of knowing that I am not merely an alien in this world passing through on my way to death. I am an adopted member of God's family, a legitimate citizen of God's eternal kingdom. I belong because God has called me through the moving of his spirit to come to him and receive adoption into his family. I am a son in God's family, an heir with Jesus, a living stone in God's unstoppable church. I belong. And I belong to a loving 
compassionate, joy-filled, peaceful, hopeful, overcoming, never-ending, eternally victorious family. My father is perfect. My brother gave his life for me. And he's coming back one day soon to get me because he loves me and I belong in his love. So what? So what does that mean for me today in the midst of the fear of missing out, in the midst of that sense that I don't belong, in the midst of a world that's filled with people trying to outdo each other and not get left behind in the process? What does this mean for me? Or is this just some distant reality that we're not quite sure is going to take place? What about today? What does this mean for me? Well, I can start by resetting my focus. Haven't I spent long enough looking through the fence at the other side, thinking that somehow I'd be more satisfied somewhere else? I'm a member of God's family and God's kingdom. What could possibly beat that? Nothing. I could also stand to actually embrace the gift that I've received. Why am I not digging into it more? Why have I not invested much more in seeing, receiving, and experiencing what it means to be an adopted son of God and brother of Jesus Christ? You know what else breaks that feeling of not belonging and reminds me that I really do belong? It's real, personal connections. Relationships that include the highs and lows of real life. I want to be with people who share life's victories and life's struggles. And I can also do something that I know will give me a deep sense of belonging. I can create belonging for others. I can do this through relationships. I can, can do this all kinds of ways. Social media can be redeemed if it's turned into a tool for helping others belong. Let me give you a place to start. Turn to Romans chapter 12 now, just a few chapters forward. I want to close this morning with another passage from the Bible that reminds us that God desires belonging for his creation. This is about how we treat each other. It's also a fabulous vision for your social media presence. Imagine if this was how we viewed the way we use social media. Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 13. Paul writes, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Church, we have before us, every day, opportunities to make someone else feel like they belong. We have been given a place where we belong. We have been made members of God's family and citizens of his country, his kingdom. Set your focus on that. Embrace the gift that you've been given. Share that reality with the people around you, both by enjoying the relationships that are right there in front of you 
and by blessing the rest of your world by welcoming them into a place where they belong. We're going to share in communion together now. And I can't think of a better way to remind us that we belong. Through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we have been given a place of belonging. This is why we belong. Jesus died for every one of us and he's called us into adoption as sons and daughters of God, brothers and sisters of Jesus. And I invite you to remember that as you come to the table this morning. Remember the sacrifice that was made so that you and I could belong. Remember the fact that Jesus died on the cross to make it possible for us to be reunited with God where we enter into his family and all those who enter into his family as well through that one door through Jesus Christ now belong eternally. You belong. I belong. That belonging was purchased for us by Jesus Christ on the cross. He bridged the gap. He tore the veil. He made it possible for us to stand before God and be accepted by him as sons and daughters. Made righteous again, made clean again by Jesus' work on the cross. And as you come this morning, have a good look around. Church, we belong. And daily, we want to become this for each other more and more. We want to become for each other the reality of belonging. And this is only possible because of what Jesus did. Come with gratitude, come with determination. Come encouraged because you belong. And invite the elders to come forward now and prepare to serve. And as they're preparing, let's pray together and just thank God for this amazing reality. Let's pray. Father, I pray that into every life that's in this room right now, you would speak volumes of the fact that we belong. For everyone who is feeling that they don't belong, for everyone who is feeling left out on the outside, for everyone who is feeling alone and afraid, I pray that right now, your perfect love would overcome that fear would cast out those feelings and replace it all with your invitation to belong. And pray that we would find freedom from the world's pursuit of belonging. That we would not go after the things of this world to make us feel like we belong. That we would just come straight to you and accept the reality that we do belong. We are your sons and daughters. We are brothers and sisters of Jesus Christ. And we belong to an eternal family that you have established 
that you have called. We belong to this massive family filled with people that you have adopted into your family. And I pray, God, that every single person here would be encouraged by that this morning. Help us to see that the world's version of belonging is just going to let us down. That it can't possibly compare to what you have made a reality for us. Our belonging. God, I pray that you would do that in us this morning. Remind us of the fact that you are our Father. And that we belong to you. That we can come to you just the way we are. And because of Jesus' work on the cross, you accept us, you welcome us in, you make us your own. As we come now to the table, God help us to come with gratitude. We are so thankful for what Jesus did. We would be for our entire lives on the outside looking in if it weren't for the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And so we thank you and we praise you for that. We thank you for the gift that you gave us. We thank you for the pain that he went through, that you went through, as you gave everything to redeem and restore us and welcome us back into your presence. Thank you for making us belong, for giving us a place where we will always belong. We praise you for this in the name of Jesus Christ, our sacrifice, your son. Amen.